Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Today's episode features an excerpt from webinar, Are You Stewarding Responsively the Art of Managing Rather Than Mitigating Risk? Led by Satanya Fair, President and CEO of Peak Grantmaking. Click on the links in the show notes to access more resources to help you establish best practices within your organization. Enjoy the episode. My name is Mary Beth Robard, and I am a member of the Financial Management and Grantmaking Marketing Team here at Blackbaud, and I'm joined today by Satonia Fair's Pink Grantmaking. So when Blackbaud was working on its programming for 2022, we were excited to invite Peak Grantmaking to be a part of the journey with us. Satonia is the president and CEO of Peak, and we've been working with her and her team to bring our community into a discussion about risk, which is the topic for today. And last week, we actually promoted a blog penned by Satonia that focused on the myth of risk. And in the blog, she speaks transparently about a grant management professional and the role that she played in building walls that nonprofits had to overcome for funding. So for our time today, she's going to break down how risk presents in the philanthropic sector, what's real, what's perceived, and how equitable grant-making practices combined with technology and tools can help dismantle the barriers that stall relationship building and trust in the sector. And as a reminder, we're going to have questions throughout the presentation, so if anything comes up, please drop it in the Q&A. We want this to be an open discussion. So, Satonia, you have a history with Blackbaud, and we want our participants to be able to get to know you today. I'd love to ask you to share just a little bit about your journey up to this moment. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It is so wonderful to be with you today, Mary Beth, and to be a part of Blackbaud's learning journey for its clients, new and old, and others who will take in this webinar. So for me, I I am excited to share that this company has been part of my history almost since I came in to working in development and then into community relations onto private philanthropy and forward. And so early in my career, I moved to Baltimore in 2000. I know this is dating myself, but I had taken on a role with a nonprofit locally in Maryland. I lived uh, and they wanted to adopt some technology for the first time we were able to raise a million dollars and they had the funding to do it and they selected Razor's Edge. And so I was sent in my first work trip. Once I moved to Baltimore, I was sent down um, to come to an annual convening to really learn the tech platform to meet the team and to be a part of uh, that big conference down in Charleston, South Carolina. And our buddy, Ray, who's not here on the call, was joking that the Marriott that we held that session in, he used to work there. So it's really funny that the worlds of philanthropy and nonprofits, they get really small really fast, despite the millions of people who work across the, the sector to really do this great work. And so it's, this, it's just been an honor to stay connected in the many, many iterations of Satanya and the many iterations of Blackbaud over the years. And so, 
every time I went into technology, I've always made sure that I stayed connected to folks that I have met there. And it's just exciting to be here at this moment. But you have been part of my technical philanthropy journey from very, very early on. So 20 years is a, 21 years is our, is our uh, history together. So it's good to still be That's connected. That's awesome. And I do want to just point out that, you know, Peak as an organization has been in a listening space for many years. Uh, many years, we're in our, our 26th year at this point. But we do get this opportunity of speaking to so many different types of professionals across probably every type of funding institution, including high net worth individuals. So we are trying to formulate both our ideas and our points of view against what we're hearing from different organizations and from the field writ large. But we also do have a perspective. We are at, we are experts at grants management and grant operations. And so we do come to the table with a perspective. So just giving you that peak grant making, uh, we operate by a series of principles and we're about to dig into one of those today. And so with that, Mary Beth, yeah. I'll have you kick us off. Yeah, so if you haven't caught on yet, uh, we're talking about risk today and the roles we play in managing or mitigating risk within our own organizations. So, so Tanya, you pinned a blog for us in support of this series. Can you tell us a little more about it? I can, and I will. I want to shout out Betsy Reed and Carrie Watkins on your team who really help kind of bring the blog home. But the myth of risk is where we started. When we were invited as peak grant making to support Blackboard's programmatic series, there had been an article that was written by uh, David Hazeltine, and then I was invited to write an article for Candid and Open Road Alliance as they were crafting a series called Risk and Reward. And we talked about the myth of risk. And I will say that that's where we started. I, when I say we, we peak and we, many people that we talk to, our members, have been wondering around the role that risk is playing, either accelerating organizations toward change or actually stymieing them. And so what I did, I have joked often that people spend a lot of time working on things that are not related to like real life. And so as a person who absolutely loves Tolkien and the Ring of Power, I found myself really reflecting back on the, article, on the two articles that were written more than a year ago. And then where we find ourselves today, and it was that most of us come into rooms sometime and we take on responsibilities. Speaking in my eye, which is what I am trained to do, Years of being a grants manager, grants director, whether in a community relations team or in private philanthropy or otherwise, I know that my job, my job was to protect the organization, its reputation and its dollars, definitely. I had very specific roles around compliance and risk and due diligence, working closely with my finance colleagues at different organizations to make sure that nothing bad happened via our grant making. The funny thing and the reason why I wrote the blog was that uh, it's, it's not a land fraught with risk and, and trepidation, although it can feel like that. So what I was driving toward really with, relate, with regard to what I wrote is that we have to be using data and technology for good and to make decisions. 
And sometimes the stories that we have told ourselves about the risky grant, the big bet, they're not accurate. They're not accurate because oftentimes funders have a very deep relationship with the organizations that you fund. It is not that you're going into a seizing of funding. Everyone who's brand new, even though I, I applaud that, if that is what you do and you really are trying to get your money out to new institutions all the time, we know that those relationships must develop. And it's the more they develop, the less you have to ask by way of kind of like, how do we get to know you and what you've done? But the blog was really to help you move to a space of saying, your role is not to protect and create moats around the foundation. The role that each of us plays, and this is title agnostic, the roles that each of us play, hopefully, is trying to meet the mission of our respective organizations. And in order to do that and move dollars in a responsible way, the grants administration piece that is critical to being a funder, right? In order to go from mission to grants administration, it requires relationships. And those relationships, the deeper they are developed and built, should allow for less process to stand in the way. And yes, are there types of organizations for sure out there, private foundations in particular, some intermediaries? There are rules they must follow, absolutely. However, I haven't necessarily had a relationship in this sector with the IRS that's a gotcha. They tell us what we need to do, we can do that, but we've built up a ton of process and that process becomes a barrier, a moat around the foundation. And I'm just encouraging more people to think about those relationships should help you bring down those walls. And so it was really fun to use Ring of Power as a backdrop uh, and gal as far as like the journey that she's on. And the journey is one where um, she's not quite sure she can trust and moving past where she currently is, um, is not a place that she's excited about. She is on the back end of this risk piece. So I think we can advance to the next slide, but the definitely I'll say it was fun to be able to write that and to be able to really move people into the core of what Peak is talking about, which is our principles for Peak grant making. Yeah, and so Tanya, I don't know if I told you, but uh, Tolkien and I share a birthday so the reference was much appreciated. <laughs> I loved it. Um, and if any of y'all haven't read the blog yet, you really should. There's a link to it in the resource center on your console. So you can see it on your screen as well as a couple other links that Satanya has put together for us. So obviously risk is not a new topic to you or to peak. It's part of your principles at peak grant making, right? They are, absolutely. Okay. And this slide is really here. If you haven't had a chance to dig into this, the one thing I'll say is like, we're, we're, we're not selling anything. We've heard from foundations all over like the country, the world, because we're lucky enough to have some international grant makers that are within Peak's ecosystem. We've heard from so many different people, even folks who are not necessarily in philanthropy, that uh, our five principles for peak grant making, um, and I will say like peak is capitalized because it stands for principles, equity, advocacy, and knowledge. 
right? The principles for peak rent making is not capitalized. And so there's like all kind of entendre about moving to your peak and all kinds of different things. There's a reason why we did not um, capitalize that. But these five principles, the two things that I will say is that they resonate around power, values, equity, risk, data, and tech. Those are through lines that you will definitely see throughout these principles. But the one we're digging into around risk is stood responsively. And so we'll make sure we update our, our title heading there. But steward responsively is really, really important. And the way we've designed these principles is to provide a primer, some information around each of them and what we mean by them. When we say tie practices and values, what does peak mean by that? What have we learned from the field? But I think the other piece to take away is that people say, hey, tell me what to do, peak grant making. You obviously talk to other funders, tell us what to do to narrow a power gap or steward responsibly. Well, we're not, we're, we're not going to do that. We have perspectives, we share them. We try to give a lot of guides and resources for people to walk their journey. But the key is that each of us as funding organizations, as individuals, especially if you're like a team of one, those are real uh, in philanthropy, lots of people operating as a single organization or a very small staff, you need to ask yourself a series of questions. So we've designed these principles, principles around anywhere from like two to six core questions that we want organizations to ask themselves or for individuals in your leadership you know, charge to be cure, you know, queuing up these questions to your organization to really answer. And based on that, you get to choose your path. We see the principles as like a wheel. We spend a lot of time talking about effective, uh, effective grant making, but really what we're trying to move you toward is equitable practices. And we believe that our principles help you move there, but they move you by answering those questions honestly, transparently, and then deciding how do you move along? We give everyone action planners and guides and resources, but it is a choose your own adventure. You have you can cull through a tons of, of resources and those resources come from like funders, they come from PSOs, member foundations, thought leaders, consultants, and from our vendors who have been very important to helping us shape our thinking, especially around something like Steward Responsibly that is focused on risk, that's focused on using data and technology for change, and really cultivating a very different framework or mindset around what taking these big bets and it really means. And so that is what we're trying to do here. Um, and these five principles are a nice gateway into the journey of being an equitable grant maker. Okay, so I'm picking up on a distinction here between responsibly and responsively. I'm hoping that you can dive into that a little bit more for everyone in the audience today. I, I definitely, if we advance our slide, um, I just wanna, I'll take us like a slide forward. These are key questions before I answer that responsibly. These are the key questions I mentioned to you. Embrace risk and innovation in your grant-making practice. How can you be more open, accessible, and transparent? And last but not least, technology, using technology for good, which is what BlackBaud is helping us do every day, along with many of our other tech vendors. That piece is really important. Now on to the next slide. Why exactly did we pick responsive versus responsible. I break out a definition in the blog about 
where people stand when it comes down to responsible. But we joke that that's like the million dollar question. We had teams that helped us develop the principles. So we called on different folks who were all throughout uh, philanthropy to be part of teams. And the team that did this, Janet Camarina, who's now at Canda.org, was at Canda.org. She's, she, she is there. She led uh, the team along with a few others. And there is a, like a moral connotation, a bit of um, I'm responsible for you, which I think for me as also a black woman harkens back to a little philanthropies like savior complex. And so responsible, a funder is not responsible for community. A funder is not responsible for what a nonprofit does. Peak is an organization. I, as a CEO of Peak Grant Making, I am responsible uh, for making decisions for the organization, informing the board, keeping them aligned with our work, making sure that the staff has all the resources, everything that they need to be able to make the decisions. What funders can do is bring resources to the great work that orgs like Peak Grant Making do. We do not want, nor did we want when developing these principles to kind of queue up this or continue, I guess, this perspective of like saving morals, the complexity of what that means, what we thought this should mean as it relates to risk is how can a funder be more flexible, be more agile, be more nimble, and most of all, be responsive to the needs of community via the nonprofits that are often raising the flag on what those needs are, especially given that most funders and, and the organizations that you fund, you're supposed to be mission-wide. So we're already like this, right? We need to now move into a space where the needs that we are articulating as an organization are ones that you can be responsive to. And so it is, again, about cultivating a different framework, both on risk, but also just how you operate, is that most nonprofits need a partner. We need a partner. We don't need a funder. We need a funder who sees that they have something and we have something. And together, our partnership will allow us to be responsive in the way we work to respond to the needs in the community that we pick, whether that is environment, whether that is saving whales, whether that is helping children get a book back. And so for us, we are really encouraging this responsive mindset as opposed to an obligation mindset. And that is why we select it responsively as opposed to responsibly. But thank you for that question. One last question for you. What are three tips that you would give folks for embracing risk and stewarding more responsibly? Mm -hmm. So I think I'll start with um, the use data for good, right? Mm -hmm. Data and technology play a role. And I understand that some funders are early in their tech journey, right? They're early in their data journey. Maybe they've just started mm -hmm. to talk about, hey, we should be collecting more demographic data on the people that, are, that, the, that the nonprofits are serving or supporting, or maybe more on the organizations. You know, we have heard a lot of more than 800 foundations during the pandemic pledged, right, to support, you know, this, this, the world of nonprofits differently. They did. And so in doing that, one of the things that we know is like everybody's on a different journey as it relates to tech, demographic data, looking at that information, collecting that information, 
And oh, let me say, sharing your own information on your website, you know, barely, we don't have a lot of foundations right now, staff foundations, I have websites. That also is real data. I think it's less than 10% or less than 20% of foundations have their own website. And so what I would say is, you may be earlier in your data or tech journey, but you should be using it for good and most important for decision-making. So that would be my first thing. I think that technology is such a powerful tool. There's a ton of tech out there right now too that is like relatively free, especially for smaller funders and nonprofits. There's like free low cost tech that can be used. And a ton of the tech vendors understand that scale is different. And so you can spend a million dollars or maybe you can spend $50,000 and get good technology that's going to change the way your nonprofits interact with you. So my number one would be use data and technology for good. Data should be used for decision-making. If anything in your process, whether it is how you show up at a site visit, how you call, you know, if you do like a call with your nonprofits, an application, a report form, any of it. If you are collecting 40 inputs, 100 inputs on those report forms or applications that are not being used to inform your growth and for good decision-making, you should think about taking that away because every nonprofit goes through that every time they have a grant on both the application and the reporting process. So use your tech for good. Most of all, we encourage that technology can be used as a balancer, an equity balancer for sure. And uh, it can be a, a power tool for you. The second one I would say is update your compliance and due diligence processes um, to, res to hopefully respect, like reflect, I'm sorry, a little bit more of a responsive mindset. What do I mean by that? If you think about compliance and due diligence on a new grantee that you've never funded, you need to make sure they're green on GuideStar, that they're in good standing, that you can see what you need financially, right? And if there are any red flags for your organizations, like you cannot fund this, make sure it's not on that list. That's like really easy, quick task for anybody. But after that, to think about the real kind of compliance and due diligence, both the actual functional and sometimes the roles that we play as like holding compliance and holding due diligence, I would just say that there's an opportunity for you to change your mindset and move to like more like of a like nonprofit adaptability, capacity, advocacy, just change it. Are you there to ensure that the organization you're trying to fund gets the dollars and the support it needs? Are you there to try to say, no, we got to protect the organization at all costs? And so I would just say moving to a mindset of using compliance and due diligence, maybe the same way as data and tech, use it for good and try to make sure that those processes are streamlined and that as you go back to a nonprofit or they come back to you, use your relationship to minnow down the, the process that stands between them and their grant. Um, and last but not least, it's just change the narrative on risk. Just change the narrative. And again, I have like Josh Abel, a lawyer, a wonderful person on our board who's done who's done a lot of work talking about the complexities, the different types of, of traps that F absolutely are out there. And so I'm a lawyer, I get it. This is like my thing. I love due diligence and finance and, and compliance. It's like my jam. But I also know, again, once I'm in relationship with an organization, there's some basic things I need and that's it, I can go. And so I would just say, 
think about, are you helping move toward this more mitigating and avoiding risk conversation within your organization? Is that where your own mindset is based on what you said in this poll? Or are you able to really say, you know what, we don't have a ton of risk with regard to this set of grants, so let's maybe think about different processes. Someone said, I was at the Council of Michigan Foundations this week, and one of the, one of the participants there said, you know, what we did in the pandemic, in crisis, those weren't bad things. And this idea that we should be going back to the way we used to do things, we need to be really, really careful. And so I would just say, during a crisis, we managed to do some things differently, and I bet you, better. We changed our framing, and we moved really fast. There is no reason for us to let those good things go. We can take them into the future. And as I have said to many folks, as a nonprofit, I don't want to go back. I'm not going back. My job is to really push this field, the sector, everyone to move forward, take the good things we learned out of crisis forward with us. But you can be a champion for changing that narrative on risk and um, open up more conversations. I think that's really important. 